1. And we are back on the air with Jason Spieth for our weekly live chat on oil field news and other items of intrigue. How are you doing today? Excellent. And how are you doing on this fine Friday? Oh, peachy keen. It's a beautiful day. I love rain and I love spring. I'm so happy about the sun. I know. It's very nice. We had snow this past week in Dakota, which was a bit... Um, Oh, you're in Dakota too. So what am I talking about here? Look at me trying to be all northern. Uh, tried to, you know, in, in North Dakota we had snow, and so it was a bit um, reality, if that's the right word. <laughs> yeah. A bit too real for the month of April, but uh, that's how it goes. So, anywho, uh, the world of energy, boy, there's a lot going on. Of course, a lot going on. So, I mean, it's kind of pick your. Choose your own adventure today. I mean, a lot, lot of different things and a lot of different ways that can go. Um, Bitcoin came up. That was a very popular topic. Uh, Bitcoin is one of the few bright spots that came out of the negative oil price day where because of the way Bitcoin is and the technology behind it, it would have been and could be something that could be useful to either prevent the negative oil prices or be very assistance-like during there in terms of moving monies and that sort of thing. So we do have, a, it's, it's a little over my head, so I got to bring in some experts on that. So if those people are interested in kind of a 101, you know, kind of a, a very introductory level of it, uh, we do have that available at thecrudelife.com if you'd like to check that out for those people who might like to be in the know but probably one of the biggest issues that's going on is the demise of small business. And that is very important in the oil and gas industry because I know a lot of industries are like this, but the oil and gas industry is really like this where you've got a lot of sole proprietors. You've got a lot of uh, guys who own their own truck, you know, truck drivers that haul water. You've got even accountants, for example, will have a home-based business so that they can have one or two clients to make sure that when the kids are off school and everything along those lines, that they're available for their family. A lot of family-based businesses. And this last couple rounds of bailouts uh, was a very big eye-opener, very big eye-opener for a lot of different people. And uh, there was a lot of passion, a lot of passion that, that was flying around and still flying around. I read a headline yesterday in the Chicago Tribune, not even an hour after the House had signed the second round of small business bailouts that the money's already spoken for before they even made it available. It's already spoken for. And that, that to me is pretty remarkable. Um, because I know businesses out there, small businesses, that were pre-approved before April even, and they're still getting left out in the cold. So when you take a step back and look at $700 billion going to help small businesses, and there's just a ton of one to five to 10 man operations, and by man, I mean man and woman, uh, one to 10 person operations that didn't get anything. So there's an interesting dynamic that's happening. Um, it's, that, yeah, go ahead. It, it's devastating. Yeah. I, I guess I hadn't heard that. 
heard that that the money was had already been spoken for, but is it, it doesn't really surprise me. Unfortunately, I I do feel lucky that it appears that the governor's fund that they have set aside for businesses in South Dakota here, they, it appears to, they appear to be giving back. Uh, from what I understand from a news story yesterday, uh, 23 businesses as of yesterday had already received financial help from this governor's fund, which is good because at least I know here we have kind of an alternative to that payroll protection, especially if the money that they're talking about signing into existence does not, isn't going to cover anyone that's still, I don't know, that's crazy. Well, that's an interesting point too, because I did see that Wyoming and North Dakota are actually, I believe, one and two. Wyoming's number one by a long shot. And North Dakota might be three now that I'm just thinking out loud. But in terms of number of days that the state could operate without any funds coming in or something along those lines in terms of savings and that sort of thing. And Wyoming was like 400 days plus. And North Dakota was somewhere like 250 to 350 in between there. And I apologize. I'm just, I just know, I I can just picture the uh, bar graph more than anything. And then of course, Wyoming being tops. And you know, these are conservative states. These are conservative states. But also when you have conservative states, they don't like to spend money. Even when they need to, they don't like to spend money. And so uh, I don't know how much more rainier of a day you're going to get. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to advocate, you know, spending money. I'm not trying to advocate uh, the people should be calling their governments. But I honestly, I don't know how much more of a rainier day you're going to get than this. And when, you know, there's, it's just, it's an interesting time. That's all. It's an interesting time. The other thing that came out this week was uh, had to do with the PPP bailout, uh, the PPP fund, whatever it was, that part of the SBA loan, that part of the funding. uh, That's the one where the Ruth Chris and the Shake Shack and the public companies uh, got big bailouts. In fact, a lot of people listening right now uh, over these airwaves got bailouts. Um, and they, they certainly don't like me talking about this. I can tell you that. I mean, around, around where I'm at, good friends of mine won't talk to me about it because they don't want anybody knowing that they got a bailout, um, because of the conversation that I just said earlier. But, uh, what's missing in this is, and I've asked a few of the politicians that I have relationships with, and they, they, they haven't given me a satisfactory answer. What criteria did the local banks used and the banks used the national banks use for dispersing this money? Because if you're going to hand out $700 billion for banks to hand out at their discretion, there should be some sort of criteria if it's tied to a pandemic, if it's tied to people in need, if you've already been told by uh, the government to go sign up for a first come first serve by need basis. I mean, there's a lot of justification for asking what's the criteria that the banks used. I don't think that's out of line. Do you? Well, no, because I mean, even as a a business owner wanting to apply, you need to know what the criteria was in order to know if you were even close to fitting the standards, right? So no, I don't feel like that's an unacceptable question in the least. That should be knowledge readily available i would expect but there turns out they're really not tracking these very closely as of right now 
Um, and so there's just, it's a whole, and, and the actual, the PPP one sounds like they're not going to be tracked. Uh, I, I'm trying to get a clarification on an email I got yesterday regarding that to where the sole proprietor SBA ones will be tracked and vetted, but the PPP ones that went through the banks, as far as I'm, I know, will not be public. Some people are pretty upset about that because at the first round of financing, 82% of that $350 million billion went to 43,000 Americans. So 43,000 people got 1.6 million on an average because of the loopholes and all the different things. So that's why a lot of these, these public companies are starting to give them back now. And a lot of this backlash is happening because there was a lot of loopholes in there to where 82% of that first round of financing went to 43,000 people. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. So um, that's why there's a lot of the scrutiny coming out of it uh, for right now in terms of that. So it's, it's, it's an interesting time. And that's why I'm wondering if we're going in a new direction, if we're really going in a new direction where small business is going to change. The government uh, was calling small business under 500 employees. Public companies are considered small business. So are we going in a new direction? Is the family business the, I mean, Facebook is considered a family business. Sun Pharmaceuticals considered a family business. Are we going in a new, new direction? I, I, well, based on what we were discussing, it kind of sounds like we are. I mean, I guess like the cha changes in any of our experience, our da daily experience is inevitable because we're just, you know, it's, we're in a still evolving situation. So the changes are inevitable, but I guess it, that is an aspect that I hadn't really yet considered specifically in regards to small business and how business is conducted and how it's defined. Because if if Facebook can be considered a family business, oh, I'm sorry, what? Right. They, Aren't they, they married? I mean, yeah, and, and a small business is considered someone who has less than four or 500 employees. And they showed how, because of some franchise laws, you can splice out your different franchises and, and make it so it's under 500 employees so you can be considered small business to get the benefits. And it's, it's like, I, like I said, you know me, I'm a Libra and I like to take a topic and bat it back and forth like a game of mental ping pong until it's water vapor. And we, we've done this with uh, the climate change issue. And really at the, at the end of our discussions, whether they're political or not, I did ask the question then as well, are we going a new way with science? Right. Greta Thunberg is getting the, the headline science at the UN conference, not scientists. The word consensus science is trumping actual science. So it was a relevant question back then. Are we heading a new way in science? And it appears we are. It's more of a consensus science rather than an actual science. And I'm wondering if we're going that same way in small business. Are, will small businesses be replaced by economic development companies and uh, universities? And um, what's the other thing? Uh, the public-private partnerships. You know, it, it, are we getting to the point to where there's going to be so much tax money, subsidies, and government contracts tied to the small business that it's going to change how small business operates? Because... Small business is needed. It's needed for a reason. 
Big corporations and companies can't move. They're not nimble. They're not quick. They can't adjust pricing. I mean, the oil and gas industry needs small business. When the operators come out and say, we need a 25% price cut, only small businesses can do that. And by small businesses, I mean, we're talking small businesses. Because those are the truck drivers that got to sit at home across the kitchen table with their wives and figure out if they can do it. And they, and, and they have to do it like that night. Big corporations can't do that. They have shareholders. They have meetings upon meetings just to find out what color to have at the office Christmas party. So it's small business is really needed in this, in this town. But if there's a replacement for innovation and nimbality, word I just made up, quickness and that sort of thing, then you know maybe that is a new direction. And again, all I know... All I know, the one thing that is for sure, after the last two rounds of bailouts and the next one that's coming, cash is king. Six months from now, cash is king. That's all. That's the one absolute I can tell you about today's conversation. All right. Well, I will bear that in mind for sure. Oh, without a doubt. And, uh, it's, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Listen, folks, we're going to get through this. And like I said, it's, it's going to be okay. Things are going to be just different. That's all. Things are going to be different. And Inevitable. yeah, I mean, it just depends on what different is going to look like. The whole climate change, you, you know, we saw what happened there. That consensus science has seemed to be the direction that we're going. So, you know, is, is the economy... Well, okay, take take another step back, and I know we have to get going, but I do want to, you know, put one last plug out for the local restaurants. The local restaurants are a great little microchasm of what's going on here. And so is like, say, I don't know, uh, a, a local retail place. Because McDonald's and the franchises are doing really well right now because everybody's getting money. And there's only certain places you can shop. And if you want to eat, a lot of franchises are the ones that are open all the time. Other restaurants have to pick and choose. Do we do lunch, dinner, both? Can I find employees, this and that? The other ones got a good system going in the franchises. They're, 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 they're meant, like I say, they're meant to move slow no matter what happens. So all the money that's being kind of pumped into the economy right now is really going to a lot of the corporations. And they're the only places open. And Jeff Bezos made $24 billion last quarter So on, on Amazon.com. A lot of the shopping is being done online to Walmart and Amazon. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that that is my observation. And I do believe that is going to have an impact on the economy. And I do believe small businesses are going to be at the brunt end of that. I, I might have to agree with you there. Yeah. I, I do. I do feel I feel for all the small business owners out there struggling right now. Cause, you know, it's. I, I, I do too. I mean, even like, like, like I said, it's great that, you know, that, uh, you know, the small business employees are getting, you know, paid and that sort of thing. But then you, if you take another step back, when you look at where they're spending that money, it's primarily to their rent and their utilities and then online shopping or like, you know, franchise type restaurants that are open yeah. through DoorDash and drive throughs So um, that's just, like I said, it's, it's, Part of the world that's changing. That's all. 
that's all. But uh, go to thecrudelife.com and check out what we've got for interviews. We got some great interviews about how Earth Day from the original time affects the oil industry today. Uh, Dr. Lauren Scott, he's a heavyweight in the industry, does consulting for like BP and Exxon and all the big guys. And we've got all kinds of different stuff like that. So uh, that's I, I'm just looking at the clock here and it's 45 after. So I, I can see we went a little bit in overtime again. So I better get running. Well, it was lovely talking with you. Always, always a good time talking with you. I, I very much enjoy our conversations, Jason. So thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> see you later, alligator.